Today on the show, prayer in a crisis is surprisingly theistic. Cranking up your kitchen heat, a pre-lint checkup, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Gathering Underground starts right now. I know I'm excited. Uh, it's exciting apparently up in space because we can hear it from here. It is time for the CU Weekly we are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 362. I am Father Chris Decker, your sometimes not so humble host, I suppose. Let's just be honest, right? <laughs> Joining me this week, we've got uh, Kathleen Lee, the religion teacher, the religion teacher. Yes, just the one. <laughs> at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced faith ninja. Happy New Year, Kathleen. Happy New Year to you. It's good to be back. I've been waiting all year for this. You know, I have too. I have too. Yeah, Olivia Galino's with us. She's our Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And she's, of course, one of our panelists. Indeed, that is true. That's right. We we do call them that officially. Like in the credits at the end of the show, you'll be called a panelist. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we have new credits. So so keep watching. If you're listening to us, you'll have to go online uh, to catholicunderground.com and see our new credits. I think we should have little placards that say that. Yeah, oh, set them are, out. Like at the UN or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Well, we would flags. be remiss if we didn't go above the Earth uh, mm-hmm. to the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite to where we find Jeff Blackwell. He's the the technical director of the CU. He's also the commandant of that self-same satellite. Hey, Jeff. Hey, and those who have been complaining about the cold weather in Minnesota, just step outside here, huh? That's right, yeah. It's, it's cold out there. It, it, it is It is cold in space where no one can hear you scream or go brr. Yep, that's true. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, so it's You know, I'm glad you're here, Jeff. I am. And uh, And then next to you in the uh, in the satellite of Jeff is uh, is Ed Ball. Ed is uh, running the video. For those of you who are watching us on uh, on Catholic TV out of Boston, uh, our friends at Telecare all throughout Long Island and New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Hawaii picks us up. Hawaii, mm-hmm. San Antonio, mm-hmm. Detroit, um, all of our friends all across uh, all across these United States and uh, certainly farther than that with the yeah. podcast reach. And so we're always happy to have you part of our family. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, if this is the first time you're discovering us uh, on the other side of the Puppy Bowl or the yeah. Super Bowl or whatever, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Brenda is watching the Puppy Bowl. And uh, of course, when we're coming to you uh, live, uh, the Super Bowl is taking place right now. And so we're not going to give any scores or anything like that because... We want to be your alternative. Yes. You know, uh, I was emo in high school, so we, you know, this is it's alt, true. Yes. Do you know Super how much Bowl. something corporate he's listened to in the course of his lifetime? <laughs> quite, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you get older and your hairline begins to recede, you can't do the faux hawk anymore. So, sorry. Oh, but you could try. Yeah. <laughs> you can that be your new try. Lenten yeah. sacrifice? You just walk around yes. with a faux hawk? No beard. No beard. That would be something. Do it. Yeah. You could forego the beard. And we know you see how high you could get it. Oh, please. Please. Parishioners would think I was in the middle of the throes of some sort of midlife crisis. But this would make my Lenten dreams come true. Yes. Oh. That's what make the news, too. We'll discuss. See, we'll if you discuss. want to see Father Chris wearing a faux hawk mm-hmm. for Lent, which we know you do, send us some uh, back chat. Some back chat mm-hmm. at Catholic yes. Underground. Or Kathleen at Catholic Underground. Olivia at Catholic We'll tally it all up. Yeah. That's It'll right. be awesome. There you go. Well, you know, you could do a Twitter um, uh, poll. poll. We could. You could. Just... We'll figure that out. Yep. We'll get back to you on, on how we want that information. But we do want it for sure. Basically, we're just going to assume that that's what you want. Yeah. Because you know, non-believers. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> in, in a new survey, 
<laughs> oh, Taylor says, yes, do it, Father. See? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. What we'll the see. people want. That's true. Give them what they want. Mm. Right now, they probably want a program. We're just losing. We're losing Your flock, listeners. But I don't know. I think oh, people's I got it. I got it. The flock votes for the, f- the hawk. Faux hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought you were going to go for like flock okay. of seagulls. Also an interesting hair choice. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't you know if I could I don't know if I could dive deep enough for that type of hairstyle. Or flock I have a little of faith in yourself. I think you could do it. Uh, is that one of their numbers? Is that one of their songs? <laughs> anyway, so um so a new survey uh, from Daily Mail <laughs> reveals tell. that one in four non believers pray when they're confronted with tough times, despite insisting that they're not religious. Um, so if you think about it, I mean, perhaps the, the, I, while I was in, in New York a couple of weeks ago, I saw Come From Away, mm-hmm. and that's a play about uh, the little town of Gander in Newfoundland that at one time had the largest airport in the world because it was the hop oh, yeah. on your way out of the U.S., or it was the first place you come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on September 11th, hundreds of planes were diverted to oh, yeah. this airport. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a story about the little town. And it really was, you know, mesmerizing uh, that, that this, this happened, right? And so um, you remember, too, on September 11th, uh, that there were people that were going into the churches. Mm-hmm. They were trying to find places to pray. And, and actually, Come From Away has a really good number, one of the musical numbers, about that experience of prayer. Mm-hmm. And so for atheists and agnostics, it turns out that personal crisis or tragedy is the most common reason for them to resort to prayer, with a quarter of those people admitting that they pray for comfort or to feel less lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in four atheists or agnostics report, resort to prayer when personal crisis strikes. Mm-hmm. But less than half, now this is interesting, less than half of them who do pray thinks that God is hearing their, mm-hmm. their cry. Mm-hmm. Um, this is according to a, a poll by Comrades for Christian Aid Charity Tear Fund. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. So, so uh, Kathleen, would you say that praying in personal crisis praying for comfort, praying to feel less lonely. Are those accurate prayers? Like, are those... Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, like... I feel like they're, like, desperation prayers. Yeah, you know, like, and that's no less prayer. Yeah, right? definitely, and they're legitimate. And I, but I think this is this is interesting when it says um, they don't think that God hears their call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, such a, there's such a misunderstanding of, you know, there's a Garth Brooks song, because I love Garth Brooks, mm. uh, <laughs> called Unanswered Prayers. Oh, yeah. And it says, like, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Right. And you're like... Yeah, man, like when he doesn't seemingly answer a prayer, he does. He, right. It doesn't mean that he's not listening. Yeah. It's just not in the, in the you know, Well, and I world. think that's perhaps the, the thing, especially for someone who, who professes to be an atheist mm-hmm. or an agnostic, is what are you looking for? It's, Jesus himself asks that yeah. question. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Master, where do you stay? Mm-hmm. Is the question that the apostles have. Yeah. Huh? Uh, and, and I think that sometimes when it comes to, to prayer... Uh, someone who perhaps isn't schooled mm-hmm. in prayer, you know, ha- who hasn't received catechism, if you will, or perhaps doesn't have a family life, because part of understanding prayer is understanding relationship, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the essential part of understanding mm-hmm. prayer. And I, I want to say that, that that has a great deal to pray and say, or a great deal to say in, well, I'm praying because something's happening on an emotional level, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in crisis. And so I got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to wander into a church, uh, but I don't, I don't really think that God's doing it. It's just therapeutic. Yeah. And that's a, perhaps that's a millennial experience of, mm-hmm. of prayer too, is this kind of notion of, of therapeutic deism. That, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I don't know if it's saying anything or not, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right? 
I'm just gonna throw paint at a wall and hope that it sticks. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You know, I talked to, just talking about girls the other day, and because you know, we're talking about freedom and conscience and like all this kind of stuff, and and talking about prayer, and um, you know, I said sometimes the greatest questions that you as that we as young people have is um, it's like I don't feel like God is is talking to me or that He is listening to me. You know, like well, when is the last time that you spoke to Him? Yeah. You know, and then we, we end up treating God as like the weird uncle at Thanksgiving dinner that we just are kind of like, hey, you over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And we count that as like, oh, yeah, I saw them at Thanksgiving yeah. four months ago. But I didn't mm-hmm. engage. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I'm like, you know, when did you last go to church? Um, A couple weeks ago. Well, what did you do when you were in church? Were you on your phone? Were you like napping? You're like, mm-hmm. so we just think that maybe this time that we spend, you know, especially with my girls, they go to you know Catholic schools, and I see them in prayer. Mm-hmm. I see them when we when we pray at the beginning of, of the day, and they're you know finishing up homework, and mm-hmm. I have to tell them to put their screens down, and you know mm-hmm. they're talking to a friend, and I'm like, y'all, just because you you have time, you know, in your life that you do prayer, that you go to mass every Sunday, it doesn't mean that that it's quality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and and that we need to do a better job of engaging in that prayer, um, you know, and and knowing that. You know, God's going to answer it in the way that's that's fit for for Him. That's right. You know, in His time, um, in His way, mm-hmm. in His will. That's you know? right. And and those times of crisis uh, speak deeply to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we are in crisis, whenever there is an unknown quantity, it's interesting, isn't it, that that we go towards an unknown quantity. You right. know, uh, God who who wishes to be known, but but ultimately dwells in mystery. We are drawn into that. Yeah. Whether we call it a relationship or not, we are we are hardwired. We are kind of hard coded, if you will, mm-hmm. to be drawn up into that mystery. And like Roberto, um, our Toronto bureau mm-hmm. chief, asks, he says, "Is learning to pray a lifelong task?" Absolutely. And and uh, the, the the answer, of course, is yes. Mm-hmm. And so for the the agnostic or the the professed atheist, uh, just reaching out in those moments of crisis is in fact uh, the first step. Mm-hmm of a much longer step that is that is saying, Lord, continue to reveal yourself. Where do you stay? Yeah. Where do you stay? What are you looking for? Where do you stay? And uh, I think yeah. it's important to notice that these are legitimate forms of prayer, you know? So even it might be easy enough to look at them and say like, oh, well, if I only pray when things are really difficult, then that's not real prayer. Yeah. Well, of course it is. It's a place to start. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, look at the Psalms. You have Psalm 22, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Um, all of the, the song, the Psalms of Lamentation, those are the, the inspired prayers. word of God. That's and that's right. that's the Lord saying, this is how I want you to speak to me. That's right. They're not the only Psalms because there are also Psalms of adoration, Psalms of praise. Um, Psalm 100, of, right? Uh, the petition. Psalm of rejoicing. Yes. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's plenty of other themes in there to kind of cover the gamut of life experience. But the ones um, that a lot of times people gravitate towards the most, like Psalm 50, yeah. um, or 51, uh, you know, about like coming to the of Lord repentance. with contrite heart, yes. you know, mm-hmm. like these are, these are deep seated human experiences and, right. it, and we have that drive to bring them, like you were saying, like upward and, and outward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just built into our human condition. So, I mean, it's true. like, don't be ashamed. It's a place to start. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor says in the chat room, kind of like Pascal's wager, believing in something is better than, than not. In case there is a God, you know, and so sometimes Someone listened in, it, in her philosophy, she class. is listening in her philosophy classes. Uh, way to go, Taylor. Um, uh, praying to something is better than not in case there is a being that can intervene. And I think maybe that's where we're an atheist or an agnostic or we're just kind of a, a, a lackadaisical individual like, well, 
I'm, I'm in a place where I, I know that I have to reach outside of myself. And so, yeah, the, the wager is actually a good one, right? Yeah. To say, I will put my trust in God if he's there. Yeah. And of course, we know what happens is, is God does begin to respond. He mm-hmm. does. Re- he always responds. Yeah. But one of the things that, that prayer teaches us to do is to look for the effects of our prayer as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not in the ways of, you know, I, I put it in an order and now UPS right. has to deliver it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not who God is. But I, I've had so many prayers that have been answered in a way that I completely didn't expect, mm-hmm. and usually through a person or a circumstance that completely broadsides me. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you go, "Oh Lord, yeah. that's what that's what you were doing," mm-hmm. and and you did this in such a way where I was almost unaware mm-hmm. that you were functioning, that you were moving. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and so yeah, uh, family, uh, the the folks that that uh, pray in times of crisis, if you will. Um, they pray for family. They say that tops the list. Mm-hmm. More than 70% of prayer prayers <laughs> uh, mention family. A mm-hmm. strong 42% thank God, while 40% uh, ask for healing. Another 40% included a mention of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really not terribly surprising, you know? No. Not at all. I mean, this is, this is what professional prayers do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is it, the... the, the the acronym trip, right? Uh, mm. Thanksgiving intercession, um, uh, repentance well, and petition. Yeah. Huh? Thanksgiving intercession, repentance and petition. Oh, that'd, that'd be terp. terp. That'd be terp. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can't, I can't do, uh, terp. sorry. Can't do mnemonic things. I'm just, yeah. Do the letters. Terp. Yeah. Thanksgiving repentance, intercession and petition. And yes. if you do it in that order, mm-hmm. uh, then it's actually kind of a motion of the mass yeah. more or less mm-hmm. kind of sort of. Yeah, you I, you know, I talk to, to young people too about like um, the idea that even like on the flip side of that, like even when we know we should pray and we're praying all the time and our prayer seems empty. Yeah. Um, you know, like to go back to these, you know, cause we always talk about like what kind of, how do you pray, you know, and, and to talk about formal prayer sometimes like in your own spiritual life, you know, mm-hmm. you, it becomes dry mm-hmm. and, and like you just, you know, you go to prayer and I'm, I'm really very conversational with God and he knows exactly what's on my mind uh, because I say it out loud to him yeah. um, in a way that he, you know, he gets me. Mm-hmm. But um, th- there's times when I just don't know what to say or I don't have any words mm-hmm. to say or mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm just uh, and I turn back to formal prayer and just say, I know that these words are are efficacious are, yeah. they are effective and yeah. and i feel i feel nothing you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. but i know that like this i'm just going to cling to this mm-hmm. you know so the idea that even you know for people who pray all the time um you know to continue to pray in those times of of, of dryness and it doesn't always have to be you know yeah you know, well it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the fervent prayer of a consoled soul seeking right. sure. deep, more consolation yeah. right. or know? of a desperate that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. it's just the prayer of someone holding on to a, a life vest. Yeah. Or, you know, just yeah. like, mm. exactly. all right, I'm exactly. I'm doing this to hang on. And really, I mean, the grace to pray yes. is a grace in and of itself. That's even right. if the, it's a prayer answered before we yeah. pray for it. Yeah. Like I um Joe, who I work with, he he always says um when he's talking to kids, it's like, pray if nothing else, pray for the grace to pray. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then and that's that's as good a place to start as any. Ask for the desire to desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jeff, one of the, the prayers that I pray, um, actually many times during Mass, and, and more or less, this has been something that kind of has been, been, has been brewing in my own prayer life, is, is simply calling upon the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I have found uh, over the past few years that that, that prayer um, has has come out of my mouth more often than not. Yes. And and I find myself praying that throughout throughout the mass. Mm. Mm. And and there is tremendous power in that, you know, of of, of calling upon His name, and uh, and so I would recommend that certainly to to those of you maybe who are who are in a place and don't know what or how to pray, mm-hmm. to simply place the 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 name of our Savior upon your lips, mm-hmm. um, and and believe it or not, yeah, uh, the Lord hears that because whenever you call your friend by name, mm-hmm. yes, they hear you, mm-hmm. they listen, and yeah. Jesus wants to be that for us, you know. Yeah. I spoke this weekend at a retreat, um, and I was talking about how how uh, the Lord calls us by name, yeah. being called by name. But I also talked about um, the story of Peter walking on water, and how he got out the boat, and um, you know he start the wave started to come in. I said he sank, and Peter was all like, I feel like Peter. Peter and I are kindred spirits because he always <laughs> says dumb things. And, you know, the apostles are always like, Peter, dude, cut it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but he, you know, he could have, he could have, when he realized that he was sinking, been like, no, no, no I got this. I got yeah. this. Yeah. But it said that he cried out, Lord, That's save right. me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And it said, it says in the scripture, immediately immediately the Lord reached out his hand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the Lord was like, come on, Peter, swim a little bit. Right, right. Peter called out called the Lord mm-hmm. and and the Lord was there mm-hmm. without hesitation. Interestingly enough, he did that with Simon Peter's mother-in-law mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the scriptures for this Sunday. Yeah. They tell Jesus that she's sick with a fever and immediately well, he yeah. goes to her yeah. and reaches out his hand. That was part of my homily today was what does Jesus do whenever he finds out that we're sick? Mm-hmm. When he finds out that we need him, he does not hesitate. He shares his strength with we who have none. Mm. And that's what we're doing. If you think about it, when you help somebody up, you're balancing them with the strength that you have that they mm. don't have at that moment. Yep. If, you're, if you're shaking hands with somebody in a business deal, you are joining strength to mm. strength, you know? Yeah. And Jesus is more than willing to do that. Mm. He immediately wishes to reach out. Yeah. Mm. And so it's, it's call in his name mm-hmm. or simply say, Lord, give me the desire to desire. Yeah. We could talk about this many, many times over mm-hmm. for many more minutes. But I suppose we should uh, we should pause here and just remind you, like you don't know, that we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You're, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker, joined by Jeff Blackwell, Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee is also here, and our picks of the week are coming up. But first, okay, we're gonna kind of quasi geek out a little bit, a little bit, do it, and, and talk about something that that um, is perhaps not as deep as prayer, but it actually shows forth the beauty of how God has created the world. It yeah, is a religious true. experience yeah. here. I'm it's telling true. you now because what, he's, what he's leading to. To eat good food <laughs> is to be close to God. We like the food. Indeed. That's right. And so we thought it might be helpful to help you in your kitchen because we yeah. like, we, we're foodies, I would say. Amen. I, would, I, would, I like the food. Yeah. I like yes. to eat it. Yeah. And, yes. and, uh, and, and you like to cook too. You cook. I do cook a little bit. Yeah. 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 I was at my grandmother's house today and uh, she, she knows. She knows. When I come over, she makes chicken and dumplings like nobody's mm. business. Yeah, mercy. And so, like, stuff. I called her last night. I was going to come over, and I did it intentionally. I called her in the evening mm. because if I call her in the day, mm-hmm. she's going to cook a billion and one thing. Yep. And she needs she needs to be able to rest. Like, come That's on right. and visit. Yes. And so then I got there, and I I like lifted the pot on the stove, and I was like, mm. 
Oh, <laughs> yes. Because I felt bad, but then I felt really good. Because right. You were going to get delicious. some comfort food. Yes. Mm. And so we want to talk about how do you cook? Like if you like, I mean, if you're like me, I'm just kind of like figure it out. I follow really good recipes. Uh-huh. I, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to like making stuff up. If it says three cups of flour, I need three cups of flour. Like right. I, I don't know how to mm-hmm. substitute that. Yeah. I don't know what this all means. Um, you're good with the hard science. Yes. <laughs> if I got, I got it down, but, um, there is, and I didn't know if you know this, because again, I just follow the recipes, but there is a best oven temperature yeah. for every cooking scenario. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can cook all kinds of stuff, and there's, you know, there, yes. So you, we're first going to apologize to anyone listening overseas, because we'll be speaking a different language than you, because <laughs> right, we're, we're using do. Fahrenheit yeah. instead of Celsius. Uh, so good luck mm-hmm. with the conversions. You're going to have to do that in your spare time. <laughs> but do you wonder why cookies... Often bake at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And vegetables, I'm not going to say veggies. I hate that word. Thank Can you. Can we talk about Thank it? Thank you. Can we talk about it for just a minute? I think it's... We are pre- adults. I vegetables. think it's pretentious. Okay. <laughs> but, so don't ever say it. Okay. Uh, so, Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> I may have already said it in my head, but... That's okay. Yeah. Now you know. Okay. The All more right. you know. know. Okay. So, so cookies often bake really well, about 350, but vegetables roast at 425. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's I science at work. Yes, yeah. I did not know this. Now, getting creative in the kitchen and curious what needs to bake at what temperature. Do you did you know this? Like, do, are you sticking things in the oven at just random degrees? I know <laughs> I am not. Right. This, uh, There's Jake, some folks I know that that can that can they know these they temperatures know and they just know. Yeah. It's like like I like, suspect Olivia is one of those people. Like they just <laughs> stick their finger in the wind and go, mm, "Today is a 375 day." What? I don't know this. And then my brother and his wife moved to Colorado and things bake differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Altitude. Altitude. yeah, sure. Weather affects how things work in the oven. <sighs> Found that mm-hmm. out though. So oh, Kathleen, right. what are some temperatures that, oh, that okay. we need to know? So Jay Cohen at realsimple.com has created this comprehensive guide that explains which temperature is best for whatever you're cooking. Now, from 325 degrees Fahrenheit to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, this is probably the range that you use most often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to I had to bake something the other day at 450, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> freaking crazy today because I kind of stick in that range. Now, this is probably the range. Um, temperatures over 300 degrees are where you begin to experience caramelization. Yes, I know which, what that means. That's right. The browning of the sugars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to illustrate, Kathleen, we've got uh, we've got some king cake here. Yes. Um, so for those of you listening, happy Mardi Gras. Happy to you. Mardi Gras. That's right. And so and so this is the the Maillard reaction. Yes. Right. Um, actually, it isn't. Because that's the browning of proteins. And I'm Sorry. pretty sure there's no proteins in there. No, it's no, it's <laughs> all carbohydrates. No proteins. Caramelization. It's just, no, it's just it's delicious. Not. We don't need to yeah. mince yeah. words. That's right. Now, uh, you can use this range for anything that's going to be cooking for a while, such mm-hmm. as a slow roast or yep. braises. Mm-hmm. That's right, and that's the Maillard reaction mm-hmm. where yes, proteins are being protein. browned. Yeah, yeah. Now, cakes are typically baked at about 350, since they have a fair amount of sugar in them. So this, the king cake here, probably. Uh, yeah, about three fifty. About three fifty. So they're yeah. actually, if they're baked at a higher temperature, the exterior of the cake would burn before it fully cooked in the center. Mm. Yeah, they're just passing Lovely. the cake around. All right, now three hundred seventy-five to about four hundred degrees. This is shorter-term baking or roasting. Uh, a slightly higher temperature to ensure crisp edges. Mm-hmm. Yep. To cookies, love it. You know, there's a very or, popular king cake out there now 
That's a that's baked by a Vietnamese bakery. Oh, I've, I've seen yes. it. Yeah, yep. I tried and, to get and one. And they obviously are doing the three seventy five to four hundred range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want yeah. crispy cookies or you want bubbling golden cheese, mm-hmm. my fave. <laughs> I do. Yeah, uh, I like this that. is also the perfect roasting temperature for chicken to ensure that golden crispy. Oh, I get the baby. <laughs> the that golden crispy skin. Now, as the heat gets higher, so does the risk of burning. Obviously, right. keep that in mind. Yeah. Right, so you have to keep an eye on whatever it is in the oven. So the higher you go, the more you want to be watching what is baking, roasting, cooking. Now, 425 to 450, let's get crazy. Right, <laughs> if you want perfect golden roasted vegetables, this, my friends, is the temperature for you, right? <laughs> this is where you'll want to do any short-term baking or roasting again because uh, you get a quick burst of high heat to ensure a golden color without having to stay in the oven for too long. Kathleen's doing great considering yes. that mm-hmm. we're handing forks around now, here. <laughs> for example, this is the ideal temperature uh, if you're working with puff pastry, yep. which I've never worked with. Oh, it it's awesome. Nervous. If you've never made baklava, Kathleen. I know, I might need mm. to. That's, now, yep. since, obviously because you want the oven to be over 400 degrees to ensure that the steam releases the puffs yep. of the pastry. Yep. That's right. Now, if you want to go hardcore... 475 degrees, people, to 500. This is where it gets crazy. Because now we're making bread. Things yeah. are starting to get hot in here. <laughs> if you're cranking the heat to the highest your oven can go, you're likely making pizzas or breads. Yep. Right, super Amen. high temperature will cause the bread or the pizza dough to rise yep. and cook before the gluten, sorry yep. for those gluten-free, sorry about that, um, has a chance to set. Mm-hmm. And so this is a good thing. So... If you've ever wondered, maybe I've always wondered, like maybe they put on the back of the of the cake box, like yeah. they're just like, mm, I think this is a good degree. Let's just put <laughs> no. that in there. No, there's actual science to it. That's Father Absolutely. Chris was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, and that's what's so beautiful about watching uh, things bake and cook, um, is that. I love those things when you watch a cooking show and they're like, if this doesn't cook just right for the right amount of time, it's like, it's gone. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've ruined it forever. Um, so Roberto, Roberto um, makes a really good point. I was about to say, he makes a really good everything. He, ma- he does. Uh, <laughs> Roberto, our Toronto bureau chief can cook everything, yeah, but he says that Shrove Tide. So the, this, uh, this build up to, to Mardi Gras is a good time to try new things as you cook up all your ingredients that you want to use before Lent. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this might be able to help you, well, there you with go. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He also recommends going to the farmer's market, getting to know the people, the best oh, ingredients, he loves the people. seasonality, thank the people who produce the food. That's always really important, We need too. him on yeah, for our yeah. next food show. Hey, look, we got we got a Skype hookup. Uh, Roberto, Roberto, we're just telling you it. now. Yeah. So yeah. be on and it's standby. also a good idea just because real produce tastes different than the stuff oh, that yeah. you get and in the grocery you, store. And when you roast real produce, too. Like, it's it's life-changing. Yeah. And that's it's I don't true. just throw that term around. Somebody made a cake the other day with farmer's eggs. Egg, like, yes. Like, sure. And it changed the game plan, yeah. people. Farm it fresh was, eggs. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. Or, yeah. And yep. she was like, yeah, the only thing I changed was farm fresh eggs. That's right. And, and they don't leave them cost, on your counter. They're, yeah, you can leave them on the counter because they don't wash off the coating that um, keeps them counter safe. I'm getting yeah. chickens. I'm yeah. getting, there you go. I'm and they're chickens. just as expensive as the eggs in the grocery store. Well, we're we're going to take a moment <laughs> while this knife is in my hand to, uh, to take a little bit of a break, but stay right where you are. There's more Catholic Underground coming up. A prayer for vocations. O God, 
who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Oh, I just got back from space and boy, my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> Had to run some uh, some king cake up to the pneumatic tube there. Yes. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground Man. with me, the uh, the king caked Father Chris Decker. Mm. Also joined by Libby Galino, Kathleen Lee. Jeff Blackwell up in space with King Cake now. That's yes. right. It's magic, folks. We also have some for Ed uh, as well. In the ball pit. In the ball pit. There it is. <laughs> there you go. No, I was no. waiting. I don't push that anymore, but I, I'm, I'm waiting to see if it organically... I think it It's could just catch. so appropriate. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Ball pit. Yeah. I think we should make it an actual ball pit. Oh, really? Like in the a, lower thirds. Kind of like a, a Chuck E. Cheese situation. Yeah, Can just rope off his section... Uh, well, we did it. Just rope off his section and fill it with those like plastic ball pit balls. Ed, would you be okay with that? Would that hinder your switching of video? I think he's cool with it. Yeah. Like, like our Lord, he is uh, he is blissfully silent. <laughs> sometimes. That's right. Staring at us from the abyss. Take your That's right. silence for <laughs> Which, yes. by the way, if you if you remember our, our quasi cooking segment from from before, uh, Roberto says he's in. Yeah. Sweet. That's right. I I've never it. actually gotten to meet him. Sweet or savory, depending yeah, on what he's you cooking. Would love right. Everybody, was, uh, I don't know anybody yeah. who doesn't mm-hmm. love Roberto. Oh, yeah. Man, I've heard many a story. That's right. But I've never gotten to meet him. Well, well, he is, in fact, a bureau chief for many reasons, and that is one. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Not because he hasn't met you, but because he <laughs> yes. he meets everyone. Mm-hmm. He Shove does. that foot on in there. There you That's go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you can imagine, I might need to do, uh, as we get ready to move into the Lenten season, it's always a good idea to do a little bit of a, of a checkup, right? Mm-hmm. Every year, it's a good idea to go to your physician of choice and, and have a checkup, which I still need to do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Olivia is really good at like being the sister and then Kathleen, the other sister. <laughs> yeah. And they look at me and they go, now, father, father, brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have to do the same thing with our soul. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a good spiritual health checkup is important moving into Lent because we got 40 days to yeah. begin a, a new kind of diet, right? A spiritual diet. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, right, we're about to enter into Lent. We still have a little bit of time. This is the good time to prepare for Lent because then it's not so, such of a shock to the system right. when, it, when it actually That's starts. That's right. No, it's true. How you many know? times do we get to, to Lent and we go, oh, no, i got to okay. figure out what to give up. Okay. Or, oh, no, now what do I do? Yeah. I've gone yeah. through some serious caffeine withdrawal because I didn't prepare enough for my Lenten oh, sacrifice yeah, before. No, there you go. Not to yeah. mention the spiritual whiplash that I get. But You know, I think that's an interesting point, even though before we get into the segment, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do everything cold turkey. Yeah. You can prepare for the things that you are going to do as, a, as an act of penance. Mm-hmm. You can prepare for those things. You don't have to... Say, okay, if it's going to be real, I'm going to go through a lot yeah. of withdrawal. Right. No, you don't really have to do that. Yes, because that's dangerous. Let me well, preface it that. It was not true. a great decision of mine. Don't don't repeat that. It wasn't just dangerous for Olivia, but for everyone else, right? Yeah. That's, that withdrawal. is also true. Involved. That's right. Because, yeah. you know, that was sophomore year of college. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's important to do a, like what they're calling at Crisis Magazine a spiritual health assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, I like this because it's a different take on like an examine or an examination of conscience. Um, but it's something that we need to do regularly to just 
get a pulse check on how we're doing, um, especially because we can deceive ourselves of how well we're doing or we can rationalize things because that's yeah. more comfortable and, and that's okay because it's, it's part of our human condition, but we have to be able to bring ourselves out of that. Yeah, and um, there should be some accountability, right? Yeah. Because uh, not everybody has a regular meeting with a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. And so the, the least that we can do is to kind of place ourselves before um, kind of that, that gentle microscope of, yeah. a, of a spiritual health assessment. Yeah. yeah. And we have a good example of this in the gospels of someone who could have used this kind of exercise. You know, we think about the rich man in the story of, uh, Lazarus, the poor man who, who wants the scraps from his table and, and mm -hmm. the rich man can't even give him that. Um, and then he dies and from across the abyss, he sees Abraham standing next to Lazarus and he's saying, he's begging, crying out. yeah, he's crying mm -hmm. out to him and saying, send Lazarus to come and, and, um, I just want my some thirst. water from his fingertips. Tip, yeah. That's all. yeah, and um, and it's just a a story about how we can really misassess the things that are going on in our spiritual life because this yeah. man had you know seemingly no indication uh, or how he would say that right. that things were going awry or that he wasn't doing everything he needed to do. Or maybe if we translated it into today's language, well, he was a good person. He was a good person. He did nice things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And we have a real divorce today between being a good person, quote unquote, and being someone who lives a life of faith. Right. Those are concepts that, according to, I'd say, 90 percent of people, yeah. people would say, yeah, those can be totally separate. Well, and then uh, that becomes spiritual, but not religious. Exactly. Right. Uh, exactly. um, I'm a spiritual person in that I know that it's good to do good but I don't join that to the practice of my religion, mm -hmm. which is where I offer all the things that I do back to God. Right. In, in a, in a mode of worship. Right. right. Well, it gives context to your yeah. life, you know, and, and we're about relationship. We are people of relationships. We're also people of context, um, which yeah. is why we read the scriptures as a whole. We read persons as wholes mm -hmm. and not just by individual experiences or individual qualities. We read things as wholes mm -hmm. and W H O L E. Yes. S. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we read them as holes in the ground. No, <laughs> this is the existential part of the show. Uh, no, we read things as, as, um, integral holes. And when we don't do that, we suffer for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but also thinking back to, to Jesus's day, you know, material wealth, well-being, these were things that were commonly assumed to be a blessing from God, right. um, some kind of mm -hmm. divine affirmation of everything that you were doing right in your life, some kind of personal righteousness. Um, so if the rich were rich, then they were rich because they were rich in virtue too. Uh -huh. um, and then the poor were poor because of their sin or something mm -hmm. that, that even the their parents thought, had done. Right. Yeah. Which by um, the way, not accurate. Not accurate. <laughs> not necessarily. And you know, anyway. I mean, it, it hasn't gone away. Like, reading that reminds me of like the prosperity gospel today. Right, it's yeah. still the, the same basic premise. Yeah. Um, that if you, if I have, then God is blessing me. Exactly. If I don't, then I must be doing something wrong. Right. And that's not actually what we believe about how the Lord works in our lives. Right. Imagine, um, how many saints, how, how many fewer saints we would have, uh, if we excluded all of the ones who suffered an enormous amount. That's right. And how yeah. we look towards folks like, uh, like St. Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. who had actually very little, yeah. But we, we all kind of universally recognize her, Christian and non, as mm -hmm. a saint. Yeah, as a uh, Because woman. her virtue outshined any of the possessions that she would have had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those kind of uh, material parameters that we put on things, rich and poor, um, blessed and not, don't really... Um, they don't translate well into the spiritual life. Right. Um, and think about when Jesus told his disciples that there will be people at the threshold of heaven who claim to have done these great things in his name. And he'll, he'll tell them, 
I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are people like this rich man whose spiritual valuation was just wrong. Yeah. Um, so some, doing something like this can help. Um, it's, a, it's a new year. We're also about to enter into a new liturgical season. And this is a time of uh, freshness when we can get a, yeah. get a check on ourselves. So, so there are like, like, our, like our pulse. What are some outward vital signs yeah. of that? Yeah, I mean, it's the same, like, when you're, like, it's a good way of putting it. When you go to the doctor, they take your vital signs mm-hmm. to see how everything's doing from a different perspective. Um, so, I mean, look at the outward uh, signs uh, of religious activity, so things like church involvement, reading the Bible, going to mass, tithing appropriately, keeping the commandments. Those are all things that are good, but they can be false indicators of what's going on in our spiritual lives mm-hmm. because religious activity alone, despite any kind of passion that we put into it or even effectiveness, maybe we're just really good at leading Bible study at church. Um, they may never reveal something of a deteriorating interior life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like exercise is good for the body, it may lead to good health. You know, uh, an active physical life can actually cover up other weaknesses. Oh, um, and the example that they give in this article is, you know, Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He was competing in and winning these world cycling championships, mm-hmm. but he also had a really virulent form of cancer. Answer, mm-hmm. um, which you you can't read from looking at him, obviously, right. um, but it's something brewing under the surface. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be more vigilant about w- recognizing and weeding out these these spiritual cancers um, mm-hmm. and uh, understanding the spiritual risks that, that um, we can encounter. It requires sometimes being really invasive and intrusive on ourselves. Yeah. Um, if you think about like trying to discover if there's something is cancerous or not, yeah. it involves a biopsy yeah. mm-hmm. and that means going right in through everything right. to, to take a sample. Right. Right. That then has to be examined. And we have to do the same thing with our heart, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And what does that require? That requires willingness. It requires vulnerability. It requires um, exposing yourself to scrutiny. Yeah. Um, and it requires just p- kind of putting aside shame for a minute and mm-hmm. just like, just letting it be what it is. Yeah. Um, looking at yourself um, with uh, unfettered eyes. That's right. And this is actually helpful in, uh, in spiritual direction or if you have time in the confessional, if you make an appointment with the priest to be able to say, uh, um, I want to make a good general confession. I want to kind of do some of this probing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the priest can actually help you through um, your, your examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's one way to do that. Yeah. So if we're, if we're drilling down to, you know, the conscience, we're drilling down to the heart where our motivations for things lie, where our, um, our affections, our attitudes, where those dispositions of, of who we are as persons, where those things are, are most deep seated. Yeah. Um, that, that means that we're looking at ourselves from almost inside out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, physical examination, you generally start with things that are going on visibly and then you start to move into, you know, testing the blood, checking mm-hmm. the pulse, um, looking, doing all of these imaging yeah. things. Um, so spiritual formation is the opposite. You start with the inside and you move outward. Uh, it begins really in our head. Um, so how we, our thoughts transform, um, our view of the world, how we can translate what we're seeing into into what we experience, um, but it, and then it proceeds to the heart, which transforms our character. It molds us, um, manifested in the fruits of the spirit. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. manifests in, in the fruits of the spirit. Um, and fruits are all those; those are the things that are detectable mm-hmm. within our spiritual life. Right. Yeah, and then that's detectable is a good word because generally, when once things get to the heart, then they'll start to flow out. Uh, through our hands or mm-hmm. through our actions. Um, and those uh, activities that um, 
or from our works that lead to uh, works of righteousness. So mm-hmm. those things that are like fruits of the kingdom. Um, so you can see the difference actually here between I'm going to become involved in my church because I'm involved in my church, mm-hmm. and there is something proceeding from my heart that causes me to want to involve myself in my church community. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Or or that's not happening, and so I have to weigh my what what I'm doing actively, right? I'm, mm-hmm. My involvement in my, at church with the fact that there's nothing that I'm putting forth from my heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I think people get tripped up in the whole, like, well, I can be a good person, because what mm-hmm. they mean by that is, I do good things. Not, and that never means that those things are bad, right. but... They're not joined. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about, like, all of the social justice efforts that are just social justice efforts. You know, they don't have a rootedness in in um, the, the impetus of faith. They don't have a rootedness in Jesus Christ and, and the relationship with him that makes us want to be good neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes becomes, they're not necessarily related in human dignity. It's just, right. this is an action that we do. Right. And it's it's divorced from the person that we're serving. Right. That's even possible. Exactly, yeah. So then what happens? We end up spinning our wheels in this kind of hopeless activism and we don't get anywhere. We don't move. And, we, and, that, and that's the whole point of getting into those kinds of activities and movements is we want to progress right we want to move in a forward direction mm-hmm. and we end up you know just backing up on ourselves because we don't have that that drive that that comes with a relationship with Christ to be able to actually move um so we have to test for the fruits exactly so um Jesus regarded these fruits you know quote fruits as the the touchstone of spiritual formation we see that in John in 15 um abiding in Christ uh, and we might consider how they might apply in this this year beginning spiritual assessment that we're talking about. So what are these fruits of the spirit? Um, the fruits of the spirit are about a character that's marked by a spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's in scripture. It mm-hmm. is scriptural, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's uh, actually, let's bring up scripture. So Galatians 5, 22 to 23, if you have your scriptures handy, uh, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Um, so these are the things that we need in order to, uh, or these are the things that signify that the spirit is working in us. And these are the things that the world needs yes. truly. Um, but to test those fruits, we might ask ourselves how they've developed over the past year, or even just maybe the past like two months, whatever you can pick your time frame. Um, but just to evaluate how you're doing. So think about, is my attitude toward my neighbors and my enemies more loving? Is the, it not? This is a tough one. Too. That is a tough yeah, one. To, to consider how you're treating those who perhaps are not loving towards you. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. It really yeah. is tough. I mean, yeah, we're the, we don't pull any punches here. Um, or maybe even ask, do I find it easier to experience joy and peace when things aren't going my way? Yeah. Whenever we are experiencing either tragedy or just a tough year, mm-hmm. you know, there are some I know who it's not even the mid-February yet, and it's it's been a very difficult year, you know. Yeah. Uh, even in the midst of that crucible, there are still fruits of patience and joy that can come from it. Mm-hmm. And to be able to reflect on that is important. Yeah. Or do I have more patience with frustrating people and circumstances? 
Yeah. Frustrating people never go away. So this that's is one true. that's just like, yeah. it grates at me to read it because that's I'm right. like, I'm thinking of the person in the airport who cut me off when I was clearly trying to go to baggage, baggage claim. Yeah. And my immediate thought was not a kind one. Right. You know, and it, it makes me think about the fact that like, okay, there's always going to be frustrating people. So yeah. if something's going to change <laughs> here, it's going to be me. <laughs> the frustrating you will always have with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's going to be a constant cross. And so it's like, all right, if they're not going to change, I got to change. Mm-hmm. Um. Or even asking, am, am I better at responding kindly to unkind people or returning good for evil? Yeah. Because the, and the reality is that the only thing that you can control in this life are your choices, yeah. are your reactions to things. Uh, so if you have mastery over those, then you can be able to return good for evil. That's right. Um, you can ask, have I become more faithful to the things I know is true? Um, and this one reads to me as a commitment to the truth, which is so important, especially in the world that we live in, to have a brazen, and I use that word purposefully, but a brazen commitment to the truth, because it does mean a certain radical way of living now to be committed to a, a truth, to be convicted to something. Um, so what do I do that? Am I convicted to the point of defending truth to other people? Right. Um, Am I better able to say no to harmful thoughts, desires, and temptations? That's a hard one. Uh, yeah. And that's where we talk about uh, the, the movements in the spiritual life. Uh, am I moving just in and out of sin? Mm-hmm. Or am I attempting to uh, to move towards a more unitive experience of, of, of my relationship with the Lord? Am I just in the purgative stage? Right. Or am I moving towards the, the unitive stage of mm-hmm. my prayer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when thinking through some of these questions, it might be a good idea to ask other people who know you really well how they think you're doing, um, just to give you a, an outsider's perspective on um, on what they're seeing, what they're experiencing. Um, <laughs> Kathleen knows me really well by now. I I can actually I can count on Kathleen and Olivia to go, um, Father. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know we'll do it. Too. Yeah. They, they they right before the show, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, always with kindness, right? No, absolutely. And that's the thing. Yeah. When you have when you have friends that that are, are, you know, people that have walked the journey with you, they're able to kind of see the fruit in your life, mm-hmm. I find. Do you find that, too, that you have people that, that can kind of, they, they know their fruits before you do? Well, you can see, like, for, for me, like, for the individual, like, you, it's almost like you walk through life with, like, one, you're looking forward, you know, but the people who surround you can have like this aerial view almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can see better where you've come from and which direction you're heading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that, you know, the people around you can almost sometimes better see, yeah. you know, what fruits you're, you're that's right. And, and your, your confessor, uh, certainly holds that, but, spiritual but director. yeah, your mm-hmm. spiritual director, but don't be afraid to, to allow your friends to do that too. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, cause I find that, I mean, I, I I go to my spiritual director, but then there are things that, that my best friends catch, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe doesn't come up in spiritual direction in the same way, or, um, or you know, your friends can kind of hold your feet to the fire in a way that, uh, that no, nobody else can, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, the point of all of this is not to like get really down on yourself, like, wow, okay, out of those eight things that we just talked about, I, I suck at 
all eight of them, you know, like <laughs> that, that's not the point, you know, because these are just realities that we're all going to struggle with these things, but it's figuring out those areas that we struggle the most and then making steps to, to correct that because right. the, the fruit of that is the fruit of the kingdom. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about fruit of the kingdom, we're talking about multiplication, which means growing God's kingdom by leading people into lifelong relationships with Christ and walking with them on, uh, that the journey towards Christ. Yeah. Um, and I mean, think about Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. That's mm-hmm. our mission. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what we're, we're sent to do. And the, the point of the doing a kind of assessment like this is to look at those places where I'm not doing a great job of that right. or where I could do better. And the point mm-hmm. isn't to tally up like, Oh, well I led three people to baptism in my life <laughs> and I was 14 different people's confirmation sponsor. Like the point is not to get down into the numbers because yeah. then it becomes more about me again and less about bringing people to Christ. Um, and then th- it ignores the reality of the fact that you don't know how many people you touch. That's you don't right. know how many lives you change. Yeah. And it's usually for things that you have no idea that you did. That's very right. true. That's um, right. So, you know, trying to keep away from the the numerical measure of those fruits, it's difficult. Um, But we have to focus on the fact that anything that's being done in us is indeed a fruit of the spirit. Correct. So if it's being done, it's because I'm cooperating with the Holy spirit and he's the one who's doing the action. That's right. Um, we bear the action, but he does it. Mm-hmm. So it's a work of God, um, before anything else. Um, yeah. And so I guess what we can do is, uh, is put a link. Cause I mean, we could talk yeah. about this, uh, extensively, but we'll put a link in the show notes, uh, to that crisis magazine article so that, that you can have maybe some of the, the line by line there yeah. to do that spiritual health assessment. But you know, one of the things that uh, lets us know that this is a healthy podcast is whenever we go to that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Alrighty, for our CU Picks of the Week, Kathleen actually brought show and tell. I you did. did. She's so good so about I met that. So I met a woman at a conference. Um, I was helping out with another ministry. <laughs> There's a lot here. You need to, there you go. Oh my! But I don't want to. Re- I don't want to reveal it yet. So okay. Um, All right. So they. Ha- I was working with a, um, some some friends of mine in ministry. I was helping them with their booth, and um, so I didn't really go out. It was like it was like just I didn't go and visit any of the other vendors, and you know I was I was I was focused. <laughs> and towards the end of the day, my friend Brian um, goes to comes goes out and comes back with this beautiful picture. And oh. I was like. Where, where, where'd you get that? And he's like, oh yeah, there's a booth like around the corner. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not going. I can't go. I can't. I can't spend any money. Mm-hmm. Of course, I went over there. And? And there's like awesome art. And so we're just kind of like looking around. And this woman, her name is Monica Welch. I'm, I'm showing a picture that oh, I have framed. Wow. Um, that she, this is one of my f- favorites. And then I walked away. And this I, is like the Bourgeroie, uh, yeah. a treatment of the Bourgeroie Madonna and child. Right. And yes. she, and, she, yeah. and it, yes. the, a beautiful um, uh, Mary conceived without sin. And it's beautiful. done in watercolor. Yes. So, so, oh. so she's actually rendered well the mm-hmm. Bourgeroie. Yeah. And then she's also got watercolor um, around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, um, so we, she was like, oh, um, this is my stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you know, we found this beautiful picture of Tobit. And um, her story is that she's a convert. And um, she asked, she was asked to do a piece for a, a wedding. And she stumbled upon Tobit, which she never read or heard of before. Must have been a Catholic wedding. And through that, um, she did this beautiful painting. And then this was one of my other favorite. And, and she converted, so now she's Catholic. This is one of my other, this is the one that I, I um, it is... Um, the woman caught in adultery. Mm. Oh wow! And it's just 
And she's at the feet of the Lord. Yeah. Mm. And it looks as if uh, there, there's a ro- there's a, fl- a daisy there's growing a- from the stone. Yeah. So as, as if to say, because wow. her head, uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, her head is kind of resting up against the stone, mm-hmm. which and is, and her hands are, are at the feet, feet of, of the Lord. Yeah. That's and, and uh, yeah, th- yeah, does no one condemn you? Then neither do I condemn mm. you. That's mm-hmm. a really beautiful treatment yeah, of that. So, uh, of that so her art is very, very unique. Um, um, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Etsy, the Etsy shop. Oh. Um, her store is called uh, Dovetail Inc. And okay. so she has a lot of Catholic stuff, but she also has um, some. She she's also like you know has some Protestant stuff. Okay, uh, sure. For, so there's well, you for know everyone. the Bible's the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, that's that's a really cool pick of the week. Uh, your pick of the week there, Olivia. Yes. Yeah, so my pick of the week. I did a lot of reading over our short hiatus. No, you reading? I. I will ignore that. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that I've, I'm really interested in is like articulating a better theology of women. Yes. Um, so I read one of the greats, um, Alice von Hildebrand on oh, the yes. privilege of being a woman. And it's a short little treatise. You know, you can read it really in the course of a couple hours, which is what I did on one of our ice days. Mm-hmm. And it's remarkable because she, she kind of takes apart this secular way of looking at women and like women's empowerment, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And she takes it apart, shows it for why it's deficient. Uh, and then she even looks at like things that people will draw from scripture to say like, oh, well, this is why people in the church keep women down and she's like well here's what they were doing wrong and then she articulates okay so let's start talking about why women are women and what their mission is and um and she just lays it down in every way possible and it's a it's a wonderful philosophy of womanhood right or or perhaps Mm -hmm. an anthropology yeah, she, I've she never takes read it. More, I know of it, but I've never read it. She takes like an anthropological view, but yeah, it's very philosophical. I mean, she takes some of these philosophers to task. Hmm. Um, she she uses a lot of Hildegard. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish she did. No, <laughs> she uses a lot of Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard. other guard, yeah. um, <laughs> because he was, he was a Christian philosopher and he, he was on point in a lot of ways. So she uses him a lot to dismantle other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really, really cerebral work, um, but has a lot of practical import, so. No, really that is a, that we'll one. make sure that we put that in the show notes yeah. as well. Uh, Jeff, you got a pick of the week up there in I space? I do, yes. Uh, oh. my, uh, my church parish just uh, moved over to a app yeah. uh, called uh, Ministry Scheduler Pro. Oh, yeah. Ministry Scheduler Pro is, uh, is an awesome thing to have. It oh, is. Yeah. In fact, uh, we don't the, have it in my parish right yet. before Christmas, at Christmas Eve, I was scheduled to, uh, to be a lector, and I lost my voice. I was sick mm. with the flu, and so I just, with an app, it says find a sub. Yep. I mean, within minutes, someone had responded and said, "I'll take oh, your cool. place." Uh, but it, it's it, it's great for uh, greeters, ushers, Eucharistic ministers, yeah. and it's uh, it's pretty affordable even for a small parish. That's right. Uh, Extraordinary Father. ministers of Holy Communion. Uh, Make again, sure we yeah. get our language correct. Yeah, got to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm the Eucharistic minister. <laughs> Extraordinary ministers, everybody else. Yeah, that's ah. Yes, now you yes, know. There you yes, go. Yes, right. yes, yes. Not splitting hairs, but you know we gotta we gotta make. So, sure what's we your pick right. of the week? My pick of the week. My pick of the week is actually from from our biggest fan in Rockville Center. Mm. All right. So so these are from Carlos Bake Shop. Mm. Um, yes. I, I don't know if you know about Carlos Bake Shop. Carlos Bake Shop is the place that's on Cake Boss. Yes. yes. That's well, right. We know what Carlos. Yeah, I, I I had forgotten, and Ed reminded me, and so uh, and so mm-hmm. our biggest fan, Don Marie Filer, uh, up at Telecare TV, uh, she she said, Father, I have a pick of the week, and I want you 
to know it. That's awesome. And I want you to experience it. So she has these Pignoli cookies from Carlo's Bakery. I bet those are fire and, uh, delicious. Yes. And so, Yay, uh, that's right. And so we'll send some up to space, Jeff. You will not be forgotten <laughs> okay. because I, they look really delicious. I haven't even taken them out of the wrapper yet. Oh, oh thank you for but, waiting. That yeah, takes but, a lot of <laughs> But Dawn Marie is, is, the, is the biggest fan of CU, and so we named her the uh, the Rockville Center Bureau Chief. Nice. Excellent. Yay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, here. First of all, Thank you. Second of all, how weird is it that we have fans? I know, and, 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 and big fans too. So, yeah, man. And you can tell these are like these are Ooh. packaged uh, for 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 uh, for eating. There are yeah. a lot of them here. That's mm. right. You know. All right. So that's there you go. That's that'll so wash we'll, down the king cake nicely. That'll wash down the king mm-hmm. cake. It's been a very food forward show, Jeff. I I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> thank you, Don Marie. Yeah. We appreciate yeah, that. Thank Thanks, Don Marie. Um, you know, and and I th- all the folks uh, from Telecare want to come down and visit. And I said, well, we all want to go up it. and visit. So I say oh. maybe we should have like a Catholic underground trip yep. to Rockville Center. Oh, and then we could do great. our show from from from. Can there. we make a stop in Boston too? We could. We could just yes. keep going. You know, go come back down to Boston. See Bishop Reed. See Bishop Reed at Catholic TV. Yes. That would be great. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I, hey. Pilgrimage. <laughs> we should do. We should or do really, like a tour. Really, you know what we mean is just Catholic Underground on tour. <laughs> We're gonna take a food trip up yeah, to right. yeah, Eastern really Seaboard yeah. of the United Jeff, States. Jeff, how do you feel about a see your road trip? Uh, yeah, I'd love to have some of that pie up there, that pizza pie. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, like in you. Jersey or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I've been on the Excella Express between uh, Boston and oh, New York. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's a I it's love a the idea of a fast home. train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, trains. Yes, love Let's trains. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're always grateful for those who uh, perhaps are listening to us on the train. Our benefactors, right, Jeff? <laughs> That's right. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. More information at catholicunderground.tv. That is, in fact, right. If you want the show notes for our show... Uh, to, to kind of dive in a little bit deeper to all the things that we talked about, you can always go to catholicunderground.com to do that. And uh, and certainly you can find all the other ways to support us. And most of all, we, we appreciate whenever you support us with your prayer mm-hmm. um, because that, that goes very, very far. And certainly for those of you who supported us in the last year, we thank you uh, most especially. Our panelists this week, of course, have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's a faith ninja. She knows exactly what temperature to cook things. Yep. <laughs> She's our hope. Samurai at Kathleen Y-A-B-R. On Twitter, that you never check. That I never check. Yeah. Right. Thanks. We're going to switch it to Instagram next time. Uh, that would be, we should. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah. Olivia Galino joins us. Uh, she's a f- an upcoming food blogger. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that you've said that, I have to do it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's how we started. OM Galino on Twitter. Yes. Right? Also, uh, our technical director up there in space is Jeff Blackwell. We love you, Jeff. Thank you. Oh, God love you, Father. And and, and listen, it's an absolute privilege. It. It, it, you know the privilege is ours. Yeah, Jeff is it, he he's he does more than you know. He's a saint. He really does. Yeah, he is. You know me. Well, oh wait, I didn't mention Ed. Eddie Ball. Ed, Ed in the ball pit. Yeah, don't forget him. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Uh, we're just getting back into the swing here. You know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on the Twitter at Digital Catholic. You can follow me on the Instagram at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through all the noise and find that still small voice with the Catholic Underground for Faith on Digital. We'll see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.